Your Story with Melinda Estabrooks, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Listen for new episodes every Monday and subscribe to the podcast at faithstrongtoday.com. Our stories have the power to connect us, to inspire us, and give us courage. On Your Story with Melinda, your story matters. Well, imagine wearing the same black dress every day for a year. The same one. Now, you're thinking 365 days, but actually it's 366 days because it was leap year. And you're wearing the same black dress because you did this to help raise money to end modern-day slavery. Could you do it? And I had to be honest with myself. I don't know if I could or would even want to. But my guest today, Bethany Wins, did. And she's with me on the line from Nashville to share her story and what she learned from this incredible experience. Bethany, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. All right, Bethany. So here we are, one dress, one year. How did this idea come about and why? Tell me some backstory about this experience. Yeah, well... I mean, for starters, I first found out that human trafficking still exists when I was in seventh grade. And as I learned more, as I went into high school, I just became more and more passionate about it. Um, It was something that I felt like I couldn't claim to follow the God that I claimed to follow and know that something like that was happening without doing something about it. Um, and then when my best friend and I were in high school, we read the book Do Hard Things by Alex and Brett Harris, and they were calling for what they called a revolution or a teenage rebellion against low expectations. Hmm. And we felt that as teenagers, we could be expected to do more than what society really kind of told us they expected of us, things like making decent grades and keeping our rooms clean. Um, (laughs) And so that really resonated with us. And then in my sophomore year of high school, I was following Alex and Brett's blog at that time, and they posted about a friend of theirs who was wearing the same dress for 100 days to raise money for orphans. Mm -hmm. And she's been inspired by a woman who did it for a year. And so I just watched her project go by. It went from May of my sophomore year of high school through, I think, August of my uh, junior year. And then in September, my mom and I sat down to talk through. I had a bunch of ideas for a bunch of different projects I could do. Mm -hmm. Um, My friends and I were making bracelets at the time, and we were thinking maybe we could sell those as a fundraiser to help end trafficking. Um, I had an idea for an awareness event, but I just didn't know which way to direct my energies, especially because I'm the kind of person who is a lot better at coming up with ideas than really following through with them. So you're like a visionary. And, you're a visionary versus a maintainer, yeah. like as far as a yeah, leader. Okay, got it. Yeah, I don't always <laughs> follow through with stuff. Um, and so my mom uh, sat down with me and had me go through all of my big picture ideas and kind of talk about what some of the benefits would be and what it would take and all of those things. And then at the end of that conversation, I just remember sitting in the living room and saying, you know, I have this other idea that's just kind of been playing around at the back of my mind. Um, What if I did something like what Eleni did when she wore the same dress for 100 days, but I could do it for a year and I could do it to help end trafficking. 
And little did I know that that one little conversation would spiral into something that has just completely changed who I am and changed the way that I see the world. Okay, so Bethany, you decide to uh, sew your own black dress, is that right? Yes. Okay, so you create this black dress. Any style, were you looking at InStyle or Vogue, or was it just something like, I need something that would work at any situation? Because are you wearing it to school and even out in the evening, or did you change up? Like, was there any cheating or anything, or did you actually wear this black dress the whole time? Well, um, I was homeschooled at the time, and so I was going to dual enrollment classes at our local community college two days a week, but I wasn't in school every day. Okay. And so I wore the black dress for a portion of the day. Yeah. If there was, if I was going out to do something, I definitely wore it. Um, That's good. But there were days that, because I was homeschooling, I was in my pajamas a little late, so I didn't <laughs> wear it all day long. I get it. Yeah. Um, right. So when you were when you were out, you would wear or, it. Yeah, okay. I and mean, if I went, like, swimming or if I was doing yard work or something, I would change out of it. Um, but I did wear it for a few hours at least every day, and for most days I wore it most of the day. Wow. Um, and it's the same dress. You didn't do, like, a copy of other dresses. I didn't, no. I was planning wow. to be two dresses <laughs> when I started, but the first one was so difficult to make that I just didn't want to put myself through that again. Okay, so you're wearing the same black dress, but I'm seeing, like, on your blog you accessorized, right? So you put accessories on so it wasn't just wearing a, a plain black dress every day without anything. Yeah, my goal was to make it a little bit different every single day. Okay. How did that feel? As a woman who, you know, admission, has a lot of clothing and shoes because I love clothes and shoes and I love different kind of things. And this is actually a good conversation for, like, girls to be talking about over the radio because I have this thing where I love wearing different clothes all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like being seen necessarily in the same outfit at, at the mm-hmm. same event. Do you know what I mean? And and I've talked to my girlfriends about this, and, and some girls don't mind, but others are like, we want something new whenever we go out. What was that like for you? Because, okay, so we'll get back to why you're doing it because I think that's terrific. I love International Justice Mission and how you're raising money and awareness. But psychologically, how was it as you put on that dress and you were wearing it the same dress every day? Well, I was, when I started this project, I was the kind of person who wore jeans and T-shirts a lot. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple of, like, nicer outfit options. But for the most part, I was just very casual jeans and T-shirts. So it stretched me in a different way in that it, made me a lot more fashion conscious um, than I ever was in like middle school or high school. Um, And it really simplified things for me, which I'm the kind of person who gets overwhelmed by having too many choices. Hmm. And so like, because I was planning all of my outfits ahead and because I knew that the dress was my main piece, packing for trips was really easy (laughs) because I just had to pack the dress Mm-hmm. and whatever accessories I had already planned out for the days that I was going to be gone. Did you get, and so um, oh, it was ahead. a little bit of a relief in that sense. Right. Did you get any, like, pushback or people, like, not into this or, or girls being like, oh, that's not cool? Or what was the sentiment with this experience? Um, not really. For the most part, um, and I think it probably helped that I wasn't in school every day, um, but... For the most part, the people around me thought that it was really cool, and they were really excited and really supportive. So I don't remember any pushback. 
there were people who thought it sounded hard, mm-hmm. but nobody who thought that it was ridiculous or not cool or anything. Right. So you're wearing this dress because you're wanting to raise money um, to end modern-day slavery, human trafficking. Did it work? What what happened? Like, as you raised it, What? how are you raising money while wearing the dress? Yeah, so it was kind of like a walkathon where the idea was that I would do the thing and then I would ask people to donate money mm-hmm. um, in response. And some people, like, donated a dollar a day. Um, other people just donated various random amounts. Um, but I had a blog set up. And I would post a photo every day, and then I would post to social media and just use that to kind of raise awareness and to ask people to donate. Um, That was the main way that I used to get the word out. And I set my goal when I started for Mm, $100,000. I am a little bit ambitious sometimes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, I wound up raising just over $8,600. And so... While the project was incredibly successful in that respect, and that money is making a difference, has made a difference, um, at the same time, I struggled with kind of feeling like a failure because I had only hit less than 10% of my goal. Why do you think that? I mean, were people, like, why do you think that happened? Do you think the goal was too audacious, uh, you know, too much, or was it just people weren't giving like what was your what's your thought on that I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. I um I set my goal at a hundred thousand dollars because the woman who inspired the woman who inspired me did hers for a year and she raised a hundred thousand dollars successfully and so mm-hmm. I thought oh it's been done before that's no big deal <laughs> right I <can> totally do <laughs> that right um and I think that there's a lot of factors that went into it I think um because I was someone who went into this not super fashion conscious. Conscious. Um, I like for her, it was a really cool fashion project, and she did some really incredible looks and had um, super super high quality photos. And so I think her project kind of went viral a little bit more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was that played a little bit into things for me. And then I had a lot of people who would tell me that they thought it was really cool, but who weren't, like, actually donating. And that was a little bit frustrating at times because I just wanted to be like, I'm not doing this so you think it's cool. I'm doing this so that something will change. Yeah, um, that's But good. I got to watch a lot of people learn about human trafficking and then decide that they couldn't just know about it and not do anything. Mm-hmm. And I got to watch as God moved in their hearts and as they chose to do something about what they were learning. And that was just incredible. You know, that's that's a good point, Bethany, because sometimes we measure results and success by that we achieve the goal and the money. But I think mm-hmm. you, you, you have a really great point that sometimes, you know, in an effort or a project, even if one person's mind is changed and their life is changed and there's transformation or they make a decision towards change, then that's enough. You know, and I think that's that's how God works, right? I mean, I, you know, in my all my years of ministry and things, it's always been this struggle because we're always like the results have to be masses of numbers and huge numbers of change in doing this. And I've had to really learn that a lot of times it's it's one person whose heart's changed or has chosen 
to make a difference in the world or chosen to change a behavior. And God is like, yes, you know? Yeah. And I think that's that's the beauty when we get that because I think even in, in culture in the world, it's always big numbers. It's like, let's do this, just do this, you know, the greatest impact. And when you look mm-hmm. at Jesus' life, Jesus was always very relational one-on-one. And if one heart yeah. or one life was changed and and could make a difference, then that was good, you know? So that's really mm-hmm. good. I, I love that. And so you don't hit your 100,000. You make just over eight. And, you know, you're you're accessorizing your dress. You're, you're you know, have a blog. But it sounds to me that it wasn't just about the dress. If you had left it at that, it would have been like, great, you wore a dress, you got $8,000, you gave it to IJM and other organizations to help end human trafficking. But there was a heart change for you. There was a aha and realizations for you in this process, wasn't there? Yeah. I um, I set out at 16 to change the world mm-hmm. and quickly discovered that I'm not really capable of that. Hmm. Um, and that was a little bit jarring and it was frustrating. Um, and I really struggled with that. As I went through the year, um, I didn't see the... Things that I struggled with weren't really related to the dress. Um, They were just, but then they all kind of tied in. And I discovered that I'm the kind of person who very easily ties my identity to what I do Hmm. and to how well I'm performing. And so when I wasn't reaching my goal like I had hoped, I found myself thinking, if only I could have better outfits or if only my hair looked prettier because it's curly and sometimes it's super frizzy. And so there were days where I would look at my photos and think, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to put this up on a blog, but I really wish my hair looked better Um, or things like that. Or that that if somehow I were better and I were doing a better job, I would get better results. And then I didn't actually like say this out loud. And I don't know that it was very conscious as I was thinking it, but then, then God will approve of me more. Mm Mm-hmm. And so um, doing a project this big kind of forced me to come face to face with that. And there were some other things happening in my life at the same time that I was just dealing with places where it felt like I wasn't good enough. Every time I turned around, I wasn't good enough for this or I wasn't good enough for that. Or, um, And so I discovered that, that um, I mean, I always knew that that was part of who I was. And it's something that I still struggle with, mm-hmm. um, but it kind of brought that to a boiling point, I guess. And um, that was important for me. You know, as girls, like as we're just chatting, it that that's such a struggle, right? Because sometimes, and even for me, I mean, here I am, I've been a Christian all my life, but the struggle of value and my own self-esteem and what people think of me can overrun my thoughts and be more important than really a sense of my value and how God sees me, right? And mm-hmm. when you step back, you're like, oh my goodness, I work myself up and all my energies and thoughts are about that. How do people perceive me? How do I look so that people will accept me? All these things. And not to say that, you know, being presentable is important. Like I wouldn't say to a woman, like, don't care about yourself and that's fine. I wouldn't say that, right? But it's mm-hmm. such a thing where until I really got it, like, because you can you can go about life and worry about this your entire life, and it's exhausting. I, I tried it. 
you know, always about that kind of performance-based life and value and self-esteem based on others. And it will get you nowhere until you realize, you know, the value and how, and how God sees you. It's a really good point. So here's the thing. So you're wrestling through these. You're wrestling through, you know, uh, your performance value. And in the book, too, you talk about freedom for yourself. Is that, what you're, is that what you're meaning about freedom for yourself on these things? Or was there other things that were happening as well? Yeah, no, that was a lot of it where I was just realizing that, you know, there were things that I needed to be set free from, like pride and perfectionism. Mm-hmm. I really struggled with perfectionism. Uh, and yes. um, mm-hmm. I struggle with sometimes feeling like if I can't do something 100% perfect, there's no point in doing it at all. Yes, I have um, friends like that. I, I, I've heard the angst of that. Yeah, and um, so doing something like this dress project, when I knew that I wasn't doing it 100% perfectly, I really struggled with that. And um, just the shame of feeling like I couldn't measure up. Hmm. Um, those were all places where I felt like I kind of needed to be set free without really knowing it. And then also, I needed to be set free from the notion that it was my job to try and save the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And from the notion that I could. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, during the year that I wore the dress, seeking justice involves a big dramatic gesture. Um, but it's easy to get tied up in the big dramatic gestures and to feel overwhelmed and to feel like, oh, if I can't do something big, then there's no point in doing anything at all. And so through the year of the dress, and then especially beyond that, in some of my college studies and in some of the conversations I've been able to have, just beginning to understand that a lot of times seeking justice is about quiet faithfulness in the place that we're in Hmm. and in loving our neighbors well rather than doing something big and dramatic. That's excellent. Say that again. I want our listeners to hear that again. That was terrific. Can you say that again? <laughs> doing doing justice doesn't have to involve a big and dramatic gesture. Um, it's really more about being quietly faithful to the life in front of us and to loving the people around us well, loving our neighbors as ourselves, even when um, they're neighbors who don't necessarily look like us or Beautiful. sound like us. Beautiful. Bethany, that's it. That's the aha moment. That is exactly the gold nugget that I think when you you have this book, One Dress, One Year, you have this experience, that's it. Because I think, yes, absolutely, it's important to stand up for injustice, and God will call people and call you to do what you can. But I think sometimes for people it's easier to give the money away and do the dramatic than actually do the hard stuff of the everyday of loving your parents, your family, your spouse, the people that are in your life every day right? That's the hard stuff. The hard stuff is the everyday things like that. The easy stuff, I'll be honest, and this is not a criticism because I think that, you know, in a situation like the Syrian refugee crisis and others, we need to stand up and give and do what we can. But if that's all you're doing, I I think then you're copping out a little bit in the sense of if, if that's all you're doing and then you're not caring for your family and loving your wife well or your husband well or your kids well or, you know, taking, um, caring for, you know, the earth and caring for people that are marginalized and vulnerable, right, on an everyday basis. 
Yeah, yeah. And so that's one thing that I've learned a lot about. You know, I learned a lot about it through the dress. And then um, just from professors that I've had in school, as we've talked about some of these ideas that that were not called, one of my professors said this a couple weeks ago, but we're not called to change the world. We're called to love our neighbor. Beautiful. Yep. Which will change the world. Yeah, if, if all of us if did all that. of us did it, if all of us, can you imagine this, Bethany? Here we are in our little moment, girl talk. If <laughs> all of us loved our neighbor, just one, really well, all across America, Canada, Europe, Asia, like the person in front of us, imagine those people receiving this kind of unconditional, selfless love. Then how that impacts their family, and then their colleagues at work. And how they lead their companies and how they use their money and how they care for the world and others, bam, that's it. And in the, at the, when you all go all the way back, that's the example of Jesus. That's how Jesus loved, right? Jesus yeah. loved one person at a time. You know, he had his disciples. But if you, if you read about Jesus, and that's why I love him. When there are people that are not Christian and say, why? Why are you a Christian? You know, why are you a religious person? I said, well, actually, I'm a relationship person. And when I look at the life of Jesus— he loved people so deeply and well, was honest, engaged in conversation to the most vulnerable and marginalized women at his time and children, lepers, all the people that society didn't. And he modeled that when you love those people and their lives change, everything changes. And mm-hmm. that's why, I mean, you know, that's my thing when I say, why love Jesus? Because look at his life. Look at his life of love and transformation and how he loved people, and then how he went and died for us, you know? And so I can go on and on about Jesus <laughs> and my love for him. But that's exactly it. But that's a beautiful learning experience for you on this. It's it's interesting. Yeah. So you start off with, I'm going to have a dress, and I'm going to help stand against human trafficking. And that's good. That's a good reason to do it. But isn't that amazing how God then takes it and begins to transform you? And then next thing you know, you're on radio in Canada telling this amazing truth of Jesus. It's so cool, which you would never yeah, expect it, right? Isn't it crazy? <laughs> it is. Amazing. So going forward, what? so you've done the dress experience, and now you've got a book, One Dress, One Year, One Girl Stand Against Human Trafficking, which is incredible. Who gets a book when you're still under, like, 30 years old? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Right? The book comes out 10 days before my 21st birthday. Oh, my goodness. Bethany. It's totally wild. Uh, What what is your thoughts going forward? How, I guess, is there another project you're going to do? Is there something else you're wanting to do? Uh, are you going to write another five books? What What are you thinking? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. Right now, I am uh, dealing with some health issues, which I touched on lightly in the book, mm-hmm. um, and those have kind of escalated over the past couple of mm-hmm. years. And so right now, like I said, I'm learning that what God is calling me to is just quiet faithfulness in the place where I am. And so I'm going to finish school, and uh, I graduate in December, and I'm excited about that. And then uh, probably grad school, take a few more years to kind of figure out what's next and then just live well in the place where I am. Beautiful. That's amazing. I love that. And so one dress, one year, what did you do with the dress? It's still hanging in my closet. It doesn't fit like it used to. (laughs) It 
Yeah. Bethany, that happens as you get older as a woman. I've been hanging dresses (laughs) in my closet thinking that I'm going to wear them when dresses that I had when I was 20. And I'm like, "Mm, how long can these hang? (laughs) Yeah. They don't fit anymore. But that's Somebody suggested that I get it bronze, but uh, I, haven't, I haven't gone with that yet. Or you can shadow box it, right? Put it in a big shadow box and then frame yeah. it on the wall, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, it's a little ratty to frame on the wall, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. It? Well, Bethany, thank you so much for your thoughts. You know, thank you for wearing the dress, but more importantly, thank you for these beautiful thoughts of being, you know, uh, quiet and faithful right where you are. You know, and loving your neighbor um, where you are. It's a beautiful message that we need to hear today. I really appreciate that. And honestly, as as a young woman, I'm excited for your future. I'm encouraged. And I think what I think is the best part of this, Bethany, is, you know, you're sitting there in high school. And yes, you know, I work with teens and teens get such a bad rap that they're not doing anything, that they don't care about the world. And when you see people like yourself saying, I'm going to do something. And maybe you don't hit the goal of 100,000, but at least for the world to see that young people want to do something and make a difference, that encourages us. So thank you for that. Thank you for writing this book. And thank you for your life. Thank you for, I really believe, ongoing. You are going to do so well, make an impact in the world by the love that you give to your neighbor. I really do. So thank you for your example. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. And uh, when you come up to Toronto, it would be great to hang out and see you. And maybe I'll be wearing a black dress. (laughs) (laughs) And if you can wear yours, that'd be great. But anyway, thanks so much. Thanks for your thoughts. And God bless you. Well, my next chapter, I'll, I'll be honest. I actually was quite convicted by Bethany because I love clothing. And I actually don't think I could do the same dress for a year. And after hearing her, you know, it, it, it was a challenge to me. I think it was a challenge. And even though I feel like I have matured in my faith and I understand my value and worth in Christ, there still is that place in me that wants to be approved by people, that wants to be accepted by people. And clothing and outward appearance is important to me and and sometimes I'll admit is a priority and I fascinate on it and it be, it can become an issue. So I am sharing very honestly about that because I think it's important for women and men to be honest about it. And I think what was an even greater conviction was I do this where I think that if I just send some money off in a crisis or, or do those kinds of things, that's enough. That's enough for the world. But Bethany really beautifully reminded me that actually, no, what God is calling us to do is to be faithful in our families and our neighbors and to show love every day. And that's hard. And as like we talked on the show, that's the hard thing. It's easy to look, be outward and just sort of give and have your one off. But it is hard to be faithful in loving your spouse and your kids and your neighbors and the people at church that drive you crazy or people that look different from you or of different religions. That's the hard stuff. But you know what? That's what Jesus calls us to do is to love our neighbors as ourselves, to lay down our lives for our friends and for family. And that's the way of Jesus. 
And so those are my thoughts. I actually, after this, I'm going to think through those things. I have some praying to do, and I have some loving to do as well. Thanks for listening to Your Story with Melinda, an exclusive presentation of FaithStrongToday.com. Listen to past episodes by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and join the conversation with Faith Strong Today on Facebook.